This is Andy Lewis, and you're listening to The Norse Mentality. What's up, guys? I hope that you are having a glorious day. Me and Cody are going to talk about lifting, working out, getting juicy, getting shredded, and we're going to talk about how we got started with it. And the reason we're going to talk about it is because January is approaching. Everyone's setting big goals, which is fucking awesome. I love it. A lot of people bash New Year's resolutioners. I think it's awesome. I think it's the best thing in the world. Whatever lights a fire underneath your ass. My only issue with it is not getting started earlier, like as soon as you set the goal, maybe two months ago. But we're not going to talk about that today because we're talking about getting started. So let's dig into how we got started with lifting and how terrible it was and how awkward it was but we stuck with it and now now it's just part of our lifestyle, which is the goal for everybody, I think, which it should be the goal for everybody is making fitness and personal health part of your daily routine. And it's just something that you do because if you grew up probably how we both did and just like very mediocre situations where there was no emphasis on it, you don't really know where to start with it. It's completely foreign to you. So I think today's episode should be beneficial. I hope so. I hope we'll so see. Too. How did you get started with lifting? So I played sports growing up. Sixth grade, I had this weird, you know, bone condition called osteochondritis disorder. And basically like the end of my femur was dying from lack of blood flow. So I was in a full leg cast for, dude, half a year. Holy shit. Yeah. In sixth grade? Yeah. Wow. In the middle of summer, like hip to ankle, no crutches. Hip to ankle? Hip to ankle. Bro. Your whole damn leg My was in a cast. Leg. Yeah. Oh, that sounds ankle. miserable. Yeah, it was it was great. They didn't give me crutches. I don't know why. So my <laughs> my right leg was completely straight in this cast. <laughs> So it was automatically longer than my left. I have this mental image right now. And I want I, you to think of a pirate with a peg leg. And that's how I had to fucking walk around school. Did you get a nickname? Get, get places. Did you get a nickname? Like Cody nah, the Pirate? I can't really remember. I hope you did. Let's but, say that uh, you had a nickname. Once I got that off, I had to go through some pretty rigorous like physical therapy. And then I started working out with a guy. He held a few world records for, for bench press. So he taught me the basics and everything I needed to learn. But then I got to high school, you know, and I started lifting for football. We really didn't have a weightlifting coach, so it was kind of just, it is what it is. Yeah. And then, you know, I worked out here and there over the summers and stuff. And when I started at UNCC, I started working out there too. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done physical activity my entire life, but you know, I, I would say that I started like really lifting and working out when I was probably 19. Yeah, that's when you really started taking it seriously. Yeah, I mean, I don't really count high school. You know, there was no proper programming or anything with that. You know, in, when I was in sixth grade, you know, I really didn't. I was lifting so I could get better with my injury. And it wasn't like me lifting for, for personal benefit, you know. Right. Uh, I, I didn't make that connection then. So that's kind of how I got started in it. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed the physical activity and, and now I really enjoy actually getting in the gym and, and working out. How awkward was it for you when you first started? Dude. Was I it think a it train was, wreck or did uh, you kind of know what you were doing? Did you have guidance at all? Like, did you have bros that you were working out with that started before you? Anything like that? Yeah, but I mean, we 
even at 19, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that like we were actually lifting and it being beneficial, right. you know, no one in my family had really lifted before that point. So I didn't have anyone to really go to ask, you know, we all worked out together at the like rec gym on campus, but we were all 19 years, 20 years old and didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. You know, if anything hurting yourself, did you hurt yourself a lot? No, not really. Uh, no, I haven't had, like had any really significant big injuries when it comes to lifting. I mean, if you're doing it right, or at least trying to be careful, it, you can usually avoid it. And I think that's one of the reasons that people they don't get started is because they know people that got hurt while lifting. They're like now fucked up, really bad from it, and then their head they go, "Well, if I work out, oh, it's a it's a cop out." Yeah, it is. But they're telling themselves, "Well, I don't want to hurt myself." Well, if you're careful. And you like you at least try to learn about it as much as possible in your spare time watching YouTube videos or whatever. And that's the thing. Like if you don't know how to do an exercise, you can go to YouTube and there's hundreds of thousands of videos about just that one particular exercise that you're trying to do. But if you're careful about it and you're not letting your ego get in the way and trying to squat 315 right out of the gate or something like that, you can usually avoid getting hurt. I had really bad form when I started lifting. Terrible. And we both avoided getting hurt. So yeah. I hope that can be like encouragement for people that are wanting to get started. If me and Cody survived and we didn't, you know, disable ourselves for the rest of our lives, we should be good because I still haven't really gotten hurt either. I mean, there's been a few things like with my back, you know, bad form squatting or stuff like that. But it was also I've learned over time that I actually had worse problems before I started lifting. So when I was 16, man, my knees were so bad that if I kneeled down, someone had to help me get back up. And I wasn't lifting at all. I tried. Same thing in high school. I was in weightlifting class, but the weightlifting coach did not give a shit about me or really anyone else that wasn't on the football team. And even if you were on the football team, he didn't really give a shit either. But I didn't really have any guidance. I wanted to so bad. I wanted to start lifting. I had no idea where to get started. And even whenever I was in fifth or sixth grade, my grandma actually ended up buying me a weightlifting bench my house because that's what I wanted. So she bought that for me, which thank you to her for doing that and for kind of like getting me started on this path. But I, I didn't have anyone show me how to do it. I just remember doing bench press, which I remember like putting too much on there, getting in my bedroom, damn bar going on my chest. I couldn't get it off. So I had to like fucking, you know, maneuver it off me and Scoot out from under. Yeah, that way I didn't die or just doing a lot of one arm rows. I think I saw that in a magazine somewhere. So I just did one arm rows nonstop with this little loadable dumbbell that I had. But that's really all I did was bench press and that. I didn't know what else to do. And I used to run a lot. So I discovered very early that if I could get this energy flowing, I felt better. So I used to just run for miles, especially say like middle school, high school, when the puberty started and my head was all messed up and I had all these emotions and stuff like that. I would just run and run until I couldn't breathe anymore. So luckily I acknowledged very early that physical fitness helped me mentally and emotionally, but same thing. I didn't have any guidance. So I really started digging into it whenever I graduated and I had more time on my hands and stuff like that. And I remember looking up bodybuilding.com routines and, you know, or looking in magazines. I remember seeing a magazine at my uncle's house whenever I was seven years old and Flex Lewis was on the cover. And I was just amazed at how juicy this dude was. He was massive. And I was like, I, I wanted to look like that. I still don't look anything like Flex Lewis, but that's always been an aspiration of mine is I always admired those kind of people. But when I first started lifting, I remember being in the gym and 
trying to do deadlifts for the first time. I had no idea what I was doing. And looking back, the form was, I don't know how I thought that that was proper. By watching videos and pictures, which I did online, I wasn't even doing anything close to that. But these two people in the gym were laughing at me because it was so bad. And then I remember whenever I decided I want to be a personal trainer, which was very short-lived, I was like experimenting with the exercises that they had in the, you know, the workbook. And this dude walked up to me, this huge roided out fucking guy in Panama city. And like pretty much told me to quit fucking around and quit being a little bitch and like to leave his gym. And I'm like, you don't even own this damn gym, dude. And I'm just trying to learn this stuff. But that my whole point in that is we all started off in the same way, which is knowing very little, if not anything. I had people laughing at me in the gym and honestly, looking back 10, 15 years later, I own a fitness brand, like a pretty well-known fitness brand. This is what I do my entire life. Most of those people that were laughing at me in the gym, I doubt they even work out anymore. They probably fell out of it years ago and I'm still trucking along because I didn't let that discourage me. Imagine if I went to the gym and I tried deadlifting and those people saw me and they started laughing. If I just gave up right then, none of this would exist. If I just said, well, nope, this isn't for me. I don't know what I'm doing. If I let that negative self-talk because it was there, of course, I felt embarrassed as shit seeing these people. I'm sure, man. But like none of my <clears throat> life, I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I gave up on that. And it took years, man. But I got obsessed with learning. And honestly, those people laughing at me and that dude called me a little bitch for like experimenting with this exercise. It pushed me to learn more. And I started nerding out on everything exercise related. That's when I really actually started reading. Whenever I realized, like, okay, I need to learn something. Well, how do I learn? I read books. So I just started reading all these books about exercise and nutrition and stuff like that. And then over time and with practice, but that's the, that's the thing with working out and with lifting or really any exercise in general, when it, martial arts, especially martial arts, but with lifting weights as well, you don't, you don't really know what you're doing until you put in the reps. That's a catchy phrase that everyone talks about, but it's true. And it applies to every aspect of life. But the more reps that you put in, the more that you understand the mechanics of lifting. So the only way that you're going to get better at it, you can watch all the YouTube videos, you can read all the books, but until you really start putting in the reps and watching other people and asking people for advice and all these different things, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to look like shit. Putting a barbell on our back and squatting is not necessarily a natural movement. It's not something that is just pre-programmed into us, say like running or walking or anything like that. So my main thing here is you're going to feel embarrassed. You're going to feel like you don't know what you're doing. You're going to want to give up and you're going to want to pull the plug on the whole damn thing and just say, well, I'm just going to stay like this for the rest of my life. But if you can push past that and you can eliminate that negative self-talk and continue moving forward and make it part of your lifestyle, which we're going to dig into next, I think, it's going to pay off for you, but you have to stick with it and you got to block out all these other people. And speaking of other people, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but I specifically remember for years, I thought everyone in the gym was staring at me. Every exercise I did, I just, in my head, I'm like, everyone in here is watching me. I look like an idiot. I kept doing it, but I thought everyone was watching me. I think and that's... Did you deal with that too? Uh, Not really? Not really, but you know, the gyms that I went to early on were back home, you know, in Stanley County where not a lot of people really know what they're doing. So I really didn't experience that part of it because, you know, nobody was in there actually. 
putting in the work. They thought they were taking it serious. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. They're on know? the machines with the lightest weight possible. Yeah. It, it was just a different kind of culture than what I do now and how I lift now. I was fortunate enough. I'd tell people that I started lifting when I was 19 years old, which is when I really kind of started taking it serious. Started making you know? it part of your life. Yeah. And I was lucky enough that at that point, you know, social media was a thing. You know, there were unlimited resources on the internet. YouTube was a great, you know, educational tool for me. You know, I, I had, I might not have had direct guidance, but I had enough resources to tap into to actually make it work. Yeah. The older I get and the more I've been doing this, because I've been doing this for 10, 15 years now, the more I realize that no one is watching you. And that's kind of where I was getting at with that. Everyone is so self-centered in the gym. They're there for them. They're either looking in the mirror, checking out the pump. They're focused on the lift itself. No one is sitting there examining you, like thinking that you're doing something wrong. They might notice it, but then a brief second later, they're on. They're they're focusing on themselves again. Like if anyone is self-centered at any point, it's at the gym. That is when you're really just focused on yourself because you're there for yourself. You're there to improve yourself. No one goes to the gym to people watch. And if you do, like, Get your shit together. You shouldn't be going to the gym for that reason. Dude, I, I've seen people go to the gym just because that's their social hour. You know, We have people here at the Norse <laughs> Compound, which is cool. I, like, I'm into it. You know, Most of the people at the Norse Compound, I've realized they don't have a social life at all outside of the gym, including myself. I don't do anything outside of Norse, and I'm very fortunate that my world, like I've created my own little world, and I have such amazing people in it, and at any point I can walk you know, 10 feet over through that door and... I can talk to anybody I want and those people are going to be relatable to me and I'm going to have a great conversation. But that's kind of how it is here as well. Like everyone here. And at times I do realize is like, honestly, we need to shut the fuck up and just put in the work, you know? And, but that's, and that's where I try to kind of lead by example. If I realize that, all right, I've been talking too much. I need to work. And then that motivates everybody else to do the same. And we all know it, but, and that's okay because you want to go to a place where, the best place to find people like-minded is in a gym, especially if you can find a niche gym, like a more micro privately owned gym. You're going to find more people that you can relate to. Same with martial arts. If you're going to jujitsu, those people are there for the same reason. If you go to say a bar, but your main focus is working on yourself, that's where most people socialize. But for people like me or even you, that's not really the place to go to make friends because in all reality, you're there maybe because someone dragged you out or because you're just feeling like you need to socialize or something like that. But there is a balance there, I think. Because you like you go to you go to a different gym and a lot of your friends go there and I'm sure like you catch up with them and stuff while you're there, right? I mean, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. But like you said about the niche gym, like here and the gym I go to, when you walk in the front door here, you know what you're you know what you're here for. <laughs> when you walk into the front door of my gym, you know what you're there for. Yeah. So, you know, it already kind of eliminates that aspect of it as well. Yep. You know, you know, you're there to work, you know, you're there to better yourself, you know, quick little conversations to catch up. Sure. But you're not going to sit there and spend 30 minutes talking to somebody. No, you shouldn't. At that point, you just need to call it a day and leave. Yeah. I think that happens a lot more at commercial gyms. I mean, but to each their own. I'm not here to bash anybody. No, at least you're going to the gym. But, you know, for me, my purpose to go to the gym is to not sit there and have hour-long conversations with people, right. you know. Let's talk about your mindset going into the gym because I think that's extremely important. You can't just necessarily rush into the gym and not get your mind right first. So that means sitting in your car for five minutes 
or going on a walk around the parking lot or anything of the sort and just getting your mind right, that makes such a huge difference compared to just rushing to get it done. Your workouts are going to be entirely different. So I encourage people before you even walk into the gym, put on some music or something like that, close your eyes, visualize yourself going through the workout, really like tap into this other person, tap into that primal self, that person that's just going to fucking dominate when they walk into that front door and they hit those weights because that's what you're doing. You're training for life. You're training to be, at least I, the way I train now is I want to be able to survive. Absolutely. And that's the way that it should be. You know, of course, like getting jacked, getting juicy, looking good. That's all a motivator. But at the end of the day, whenever you're there to improve, to become a better person, to become stronger, to become healthier, you need to tap into that person when you walk into the gym. If you just go in there like, oh, I'm just here to kind of get shit done. You're just going to go in there with a very mediocre attitude. But if you prepare prior, you know, okay, I'm going to go into this gym. I'm going to fucking give it my all. And then when you leave and you feel how successful you were in there and that you really put in the work and you broke the sweat and you can leave being like, hell yeah, I just got shit done. It doesn't matter if you just had a terrible day at work or you and the old lady are bitching at each other or whatever you're dealing with. If you can go into the gym and you can leave all that at the door and you go in there and you give all of your attention to working out, it completely shifts your day. And the reason for that, I think, is because it forces you to be present. If you're working out properly, you are present. You are focused on what you're doing at that moment. And the rest of the day, we're not really present. We're focused on all this other shit. But when you're working out, that is the one time to be present. It's not the time to be on your phone. It's not the time to necessarily be socializing. It's the time to be present with yourself, to feel your body, to be mindful of what's going on. But if you have a bunch of shit going on, which we all do, we're all dealing with shit, and you bring that into the weight room, or you bring that onto the mats, or into a sparring session, or something like that, you're fucked. You're, you're not going to have a good workout. So that's why taking a second before you even get started to really get your mind right is so important. And I don't think that's something that people really realize. I'm glad you brought that up. Mine, with me, it kind of starts with my pre-workout meal. You know, I know I'm eating this, so I'm fueled up for the gym. I know when I'm packing my gym bag, like it's because we're getting ready to go to the gym. When I'm getting dressed to go to the gym, when I'm mixing my pre-workout, I use the drive to the gym as kind of that, you know, little moment. You know, I put on some music, get my mind right, you know, set the expectations. Like you said, with, you know, giving yourself that opportunity to you know, focus and, and get yourself nailed down before you even walk to the door. All those are mental triggers. Every single thing that you just discussed prior is a mental trigger that's getting you in the state to work out. And notice how Cody had multiple things in that list. It wasn't just, well, I'm going to sit here for a second and get it right. No, like it started as soon as he ate that meal, his pre-workout meal. And then when he's packing his gym bag, that's him getting his shit together. When he's in the car, he's dialing it in. He's ready to go. And then by the time he walks in through that door, it's go time. All of that leading up to it is what allowed you to have a successful workout. And it's not going to be all the time, too. I think we need to address that. You're not going to go yeah. into the gym every day ready to fire it up. If anything, that's like 20% no. of the time. But I promise you, if you really just take the effort to try to get into that mental state as much as possible, it's going to help you. But let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. Not getting discouraged when you don't want to work out. Because here's the thing, guys. No one wants to work out all the time. I don't think so. I've never met one person that was like, all I want to do is lift nonstop. Maybe their first month, 
if that, (laughs) maybe the first month. But the majority of time, it's just like, shit, man, I've had a long day. I'm dealing with all this shit. The last thing I want to do is go to the gym. But when you crawl into there and you just start going through the motions, within a couple minutes, 10, 15 minutes, you're good. You're in the flow of things. You got that blood pumping. You're feeling good. You got the endorphins going. All these things are going on in your body. That's it's it's a mental shift, but it's also a, f- a physical shift. You're tapping into something else. So just because you don't feel like working out doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you and that you should stop doing it. That is the time to go to the gym when you just really don't want to do it. Because guess what? You're forcing yourself to build a habit. You're making this part of your identity to do shit that you don't want to do. That's where discipline comes in. The best way to develop a habit of working out is to have discipline to work out at certain times on certain days and that you make that part of your routine. And if you end up not being able to make it to the gym, make sure that you get in the next day. Don't use it as a bullshit excuse. And something that I've caught myself doing in the past is say, if I don't eat enough prior, I'm like, well, there's no point in working out because I didn't eat enough. That's a cop out. It's an excuse. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night, so I probably shouldn't work out you could still be doing something, maybe not go hundred percent because you might hurt yourself. Say if you're, you're a power lifter, especially if you're a power lifter and you do not fully recovered and you go to try to do a max PR, you might end up hurting yourself doing that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you should just <clears throat> skip it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do anything because that's what the mind does. The mind wants to be comfortable. That is programmed into us is to find comfort. However possible. It was really useful back in the day, you know, a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago, now it works against us. So you have to push past that that voice in your head that's saying the, the excuses. That's what it boils down to. The excuses that you feed yourself that we all have, you need to eliminate that and just push through it because you know that this is something that you need to do. But like I said, that's something that I, I catch myself doing that shit all the time. Oh, it's just been a long day. I, I, there's no point in doing it. I don't have to go in and give it 100%, but I can at least go in and put in some sort of effort. You can give 100% of your best that day. Yeah. You know, when I started lifting early on, you know, I would get discouraged if that day I wasn't the best 100%. Like, I expected that. And I think a lot of people do. But I'm going to tell you, every day you go to the gym, you're not going to be at your best. You can do the best you can, but you're not going to be 100% every day. That's what I want people to understand is it's not going to be a constant thing. And if you're just getting started... Oh, that fire is lit. It lights a fire underneath your ass, especially when you start seeing progress. But eventually, it's going to die out. And that is not the time to give up on this. That is the time to continue pushing through. Because once you push through there, you will find motivation again. It happens all the time. Motivation is like a roller coaster. You have it. It's at its peak. And then you lose it. And then it's a peak again. And then you gain it back. And you just need to acknowledge that for what it is. And in order to, to make sure that you're still doing what you need to do without motivation requires discipline. I just completely had a tongue twister there. But anyways, it requires you to have discipline and it requires you to develop these habits. Now, studies have shown that it takes 60 to 90 days to develop a new habit. So if you're just getting started with lifting or maybe you need to get back into it or maybe you've just been slacking off or whatever it is, really devote 60 to 90 days to this. And once you do that, you're good to go. Like at that point, you've developed a lifestyle habit. And as long as you stick with it, which is going to be a lot easier to stick to it, because like I said, once again, this is part of your lifestyle now, then you can kind of start setting other goals for yourself that you need to be doing. 
I think a lot of times, especially in January, people have all these goals. I'm going to diet hardcore. I'm going to work out hardcore. I'm going to do all this different stuff. And what that does is it makes that little wick on the candle completely burn out immediately. And then a few weeks later, they're burned out. They're not doing anything. And then they're like, well, we'll give it a shot next year. People do that shit, man. Like February rolls around. The studies have shown January is the busiest time. February, it starts to die out. And then by March, 90% of the people that got a gym membership are no longer coming anymore because they burn themselves out. And that's why when people walk into the Norse compound and they got that, they're fired up. And I love seeing people fired up, man. But they're, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, all right, well, the first step was coming in here. Great job. That's awesome. That is honestly the hardest step is just, especially if you're someone that's really overweight and you've never exercised, working up the courage and the motivation to go walk into the gym to sign up, that's huge. So pat yourself on the back for that. But the next step is to just develop a routine of working out three to four days a week. And once you have that, maybe kick it up to five. But don't go into it being like, I'm going to work out seven days a week. I'm going to eat nothing but chicken and rice nonstop. There are people that can do that, but they are rare breeds and they're studs. They're absolute studs. I'm not one of them. And most people are not one of them. You need to take one thing at a time and give that your full attention and really just give it all you can. And once, like I said, after 60, 90 days, once you have that, that down, you're comfortable with that. It's no longer a hassle to do anymore. Then you can start eating the chicken and rice or whatever miserable diet that you want to do. That's better for you. (laughs) I think people, you know, kind of give it up quickly because they don't understand how hard this shit is, man. It's very difficult. You know, it's very uncomfortable and it makes you continuously uncomfortable. You know, I think people are just like, oh, I'll, I'll give it, you know, I'll go in. This will be a quick fix. You know, I'll hit my goal very quickly. And they don't realize that this shit could take years. And it does. Are you, ta- are you talking about progress? They're not seeing progress quick enough, so they give well, up? That and, you know, they come into it with like a maybe a lackluster expectations too. Should we discuss the dark side of the fitness industry? <sighs> you know, it's not necessarily the dark side, but the shit is not easy. I'm talking about the expectations part. The shit that you see on social media, these influencers that people follow that motivate them, the magazines. I mean, that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, it's it, these people are on gear. Like the majority of these people are on gear, or they just have amazing genetics. You cannot compare yourself to anybody. Like I said, I started working out. I started being interested in working out because I saw a picture of Flex Lewis when I was seven. It took about ten to fifteen years to realize that old Flex Lewis was taking some stuff. Which I'm not bashing that. I'm on TRT. I don't hide that. Most of the people that I know are on steroids, but most people that I know are high-level competitors. That's what they do. That's not necessarily for me. My thing is more about like health and longevity, but like that stuff helps them. I'm not bashing that kind of stuff, but that is a realization that you need to have, that you cannot compare yourself to these people that you see on magazines and these influencers that you see online, because if you're lucky, you know people like Seth Faros and stuff, they're very open about their drug use, which is awesome. I... I'm glad that there are that that's starting to become a more popular thing of people just being open and being like, I'm on shit that way because it removes this this false expectation that people have for themselves because that that happens. People they're not seeing they're they're not jacked all of a sudden. You know, they're not jacked within a month. So they're like, Well, what what's the point? They get discouraged, and because they get discouraged, they quit coming. So I just really want people to understand that you cannot compare yourself to anybody else. You cannot be doing this for anybody else. I mean, do it for your kids, do it for your family, do it for your friends, whatever. 
But at the end of the day, you need to be doing this for you and you need to be able to, you need to have a passion to see what you're capable of achieving with this body that you were giving because it is unique. Only you have it. You're not going to look like anybody else and you just need to be okay with that. What a lot of people see, you know, as far as like the, the shredded pictures on social media, like in fitness magazines and everything, it took me a while to learn, but people don't fucking look like that. Not all the time. Nah, not dude. all the time. And they, people do not look like that. They prepped for that photo shoot. So say they're not even on gear, which I'm not saying everyone is. I don't, that's such a taboo topic, but to me, it's not. It's just part of like, I've been around it for so long yeah. that it's just, it is how it is. But also I realized that for that photo shoot or that video shoot, these people would just, that just look absolutely ridiculous. They look absolutely amazing. They were working for that for months. They were carb cycling. They were doing all these different things. They were on the different gear that dried them out, that made them, you know, that gave them more of a pump. They were doing, they were taking all these different supplements. There's all these factors involved. There's Photoshop as well. Let's go ahead and talk yeah. about that. A lot, if you see a photo of someone, especially at a high level, there's a big chance that that person was photoshopped. Not I mean, all the time, but a lot of times that's that's the case of it. You're talking like perfect lighting. You're talking like heavily edited. This is what people do know, for their pictures. living. Yeah. You have professional photographers and videographers and all these different people that this is what they do for a living. Their job is to make you look as good as possible. But that's not the reality because after that photo shoot, about three weeks later, I promise you that person does not look the same anymore. It's just like at a bodybuilding competition. They're at their peak. That is the peak. And then afterwards, they're not going to look as good after. They're not going to look as good. That's not sustainable. Well, it's not sustainable. And I'm glad you brought that up. That's something, something that you need to understand. It's not sustainable. It's okay to do that every once in a while. Just to, once again, to see what you're capable of achieving, getting down to single digit body fat. Hell yeah. But it's not sustainable for most people. I do know some people that are just jacked and shredded year round, like Ranson. Ranson has amazing genetics, though. The dude's always been jacked and shredded. His genetics are great, and yeah. Ranson's a fucking workhorse. He works yeah. harder than yeah. anybody I he know. Yeah. You know, but that goes into it as well. People, they well, that person's on gear, so I'm never going to look like that. So I'm not going to work out as hard. The people that are on gear that look absolutely amazing are the hardest workers in the gym. No one else compares to them. You can't just take something and expect to look amazing overnight because if you don't put in the work and you don't have your nutrition dialed in, you don't have all these other factors involved, you're still going to look very fucking mediocre. So don't use that as a cop out either. Don't use that as an excuse to not try your best. Well, I'm never going to look like this person because they have all these advantages. Once again, you're doing this for you. You're doing this to see what you're capable of achieving. You're going into the gym to give it your all, to put in maximal effort that you have for that day because it's going to change day by day and leaving satisfied knowing that you tried your best. And I think that's the most important thing for people to really just dial in on. It's not the amount of weight that you lift. It's not how jacked you are in the mirror. It's the effort that you put into it. That's what you really need to be keeping track of. Did I go into it for the past few weeks and give it my all? Or did I have one really good day and then every other day has been garbage? And if you can acknowledge that, yeah, I just haven't been putting in the work, which we all do. I had this conversation with myself a couple nights ago. I've been fucking up nonstop. I've been sleeping in a little bit. I've been eating like shit because of the holidays. People are coming and going and all this stuff. I've been skipping my workouts and all this shit. 
But I had that talk with myself a couple nights ago and I sat down and I came up with a list of everything that I know that I need to do and shit that I have done throughout my life that resulted in me just feeling my best, being in my prime. And now I'm working that back into my routine. I have it separated, man. I have, okay, it's a, it's a list of like 15 things and looking at it, I'm like, Fuck, this is a little overwhelming. I'm supposed <laughs> to do this every day. But then I thought about it, I was like, I do do this every day. There's been the majority of my life for the past five years, I've been doing this every day, but I fall out of habit. And the trick for me was to separate it. Was about, okay, I can knock out five things as soon as I wake up. And I'm not just referring to the gym. I'm referring to reading. I'm referring to meditation, breath work, all this stuff. So I can knock out these things first thing in the morning. And then at the end of the day, I can knock out another five things. And then these other things, these are things I can do throughout the day, like drinking a gallon of water, making sure that I'm eating my four to five meals that are healthy, making sure that I'm working out. So it can seem overwhelming, all this shit that you need to be doing. But if you can chunk it up and really structure that into your day and schedule it, it's going to make it a lot easier. But once again, start off small. Start off with that one thing that you can do right now and make that a habit. And then once you have that down, make it another habit. Don't get discouraged. Don't compare yourself to other people. Do the best that you can and continue to improve on that. Because that's the thing too, is like your tolerance improves as well. What you're capable of achieving and what you're capable of doing every day improves the more that you that you do this kind of stuff. Is that where we're going to wrap this up? I think we've hit everything. There we go. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of The Norse Mentality. This podcast is a product of Norse Fitness. You can find us online at norsefitness.co. You can find me on Instagram at Andrew Cliff Lewis and Cody, peg leg Cody. How can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Cody underscore Whitley. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you soon.